I was seeing like girls who look like me and I was like, oh my, oh my God, like, could I do this? Could this be a mm-hmm. thing? And at the time we were trying to move into our first apartment. So I was like, you know, let me give it a go. So I, I got online and I was getting all these compliments and people were tipping me. And I was like, you know what? I think I actually like this. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Jesse Sage, and you can find me on Twitter at sapiotextual and at jessiesage.com. And I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me at Melrose Michaels on social and melrosemichaels.com. Just a reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast on Apple, please leave us a five-star rating and review because it really helps us to grow as a podcast and better share information from our guests to the sex work community as a whole. Last but not least, if you want to support the podcast, please go to anchor.fm forward slash horizon spelled W-H-O-R-I-Z-O-N to become a premium subscriber of On the Horizon, which unlocks two bonus episodes on the 8th and 22nd of each month with tons of extra exclusive footage from ourselves and our guests. Who misses free and affordable ads without the anti-sex work rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising to the sex work community. They also give back to organizations based in harm reduction, sex work, and education. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their platform, Tris.link, is a refreshing and well-needed change in both presentation and mission. It is free to join and open to all. In the words of an A4 user, from the policies to the language, to the advice and tips, it makes such a big difference to feel encouraged and supported instead of policed. Welcome back to another episode of On the Horizon. Welcome. We are talking about the gig economy today. I love this topic. I know because we are both like hustlers. Yes, giggers. (laughs) Giggers. Giggers. I've only had four years of my life, like four and a half years of my life where I had like one full-time job. I was a high school teacher for two years um, in my late 20s. And then in my late 30s, I worked a corporate job for two and a half years, mostly when I was pregnant with my son. I wanted the maternity yeah. benefits yeah, and everything. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I have been working like three and four part-time jobs and Um, at a time like almost my whole career like I've never framed it that way to think about like how long did I really work in corporate or like mainstream civ job like mm -hmm. when I was 16 I got hired when I was 16 if you don't count like modeling pre-16 like when you're allowed to work like those aren't real work hours to me personally other child people who are hired yes but not me so (laughs) but from 16 I had I was waitressing and I was working at a pizza place Mm -hmm. simultaneously and then after that I uh I went into I worked at a bank and but I only did those jobs from 16 to 20 so really it's only four years for me too yeah and I'm 44 now and so like I've spent like 22 years like and a lot of them are like not sex work related jobs but they're like I'm like yeah adjuncting a class here doing something over here I did corporate relocations for a while like freelance yeah Yeah. I've done English training I've done ghostwriting I've done freelance right you know like all kinds of things that are like little jobs that I'm like stringing together and part of the appeal to that because every once in a while I'm like man this is rough I should just get like a job and then I'm like but I don't want a job I can't live or work like that and I think part of the appeal 
for me has been that I've like, I'm a, I've, I'm a mom and need to be available for my kids. And part of it is just how my brain functions. Yeah. I have a, I have that, like, I don't have kids and I don't have to work around certain things that a lot of giggers do have to work around are freelancers. You know, they have disabilities or other things at play in their circumstances that make a regular nine to five, not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And that was not my experience, but I don't think I could ever have done something else. Like even when I was working my mainstream gigs, I always felt like, this is going to sound so shitty and it, it, but it's true, whatever this is, I'm a bad person inside. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I always felt like I could be doing this. I could do the thing you're doing better, or there's a better way to approach this. Or like my yeah. brain works that way where I'm like, I'm putting a process in place or a system. In pre- and that's like the entrepreneur. Yeah. DNA, I think, yeah. Kind of in, in as a factor. So for me, it was just like, I, I could do this myself in a different way and it'd be faster or more effective or more productive or whatever. Yeah. You have kind of like an engineering brain. I think, I, way, yeah. I think I have like kind of a, like a, artist creative brain where I'm like I don't want to do something that doesn't make sense to me and I feel like in time which actually is kind of what you're saying too but like in the process mine work in in like I have to switch it like they can't be simultaneous I'm either in an inspired creative space or I'm in a productive machine yeah 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 and my problem with having like jobby jobs was that like a lot of it didn't make sense to me. And I would be like, why do I have to follow these stupid rules? Yeah. Like, I don't want to do this. This seems like a waste of time. I or that's what I was trying to articulate yeah. as well, but it came out really no, bad. No, 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 <laughs> it didn't. But I think that there there's a lot of like red tape to jobs so that I'm just like, this is so stupid. Yeah. Like, why are we doing this? You know, it was funny because at, at my corporate job, PJ and I were walking down the street yesterday and we saw a big like Iron Mountain um, truck because mm-hmm. they do, they store like documents like in the mountain under like wow like um to preserve them and i was like oh that's so funny i remember like like preparing all these documents to go into these like mountains like side of mountains to be stored and pj was like in 2022 is it really necessary to put pieces of paper in, <laughs> in mountains in like? places yeah. yeah like that is that does that really make sense and i was like no it's a huge waste of time like why they paid me a full-time salary to put pieces of paper in files like oh I can't tell you. <laughs> That's so <laughs> but, true. But That's it's so like, true. it's, but there's just like things that like they get used to doing it a certain way. So yeah. they're going to do that. And then there's all these like interests in people who like store things inside yeah. of mountains and stuff. So yeah. like things get perpetuated that it's hard for me to connect with. And I've just always found that like doing what I want to do on my schedule has been better for me. Yeah, and more fulfilling. And I do that's yeah. what our guests really speak to a lot as well. We have Steph Sia, who's actually been on the podcast, but not in a, like a guest capacity. Yeah. She kind of just came on to share her day in the life. For and our... her day was so crazy that we're like, you have to come back for I know. gigs. And we're, we're glad that she came for this episode because when we talk gig economy, you can't not think and talk about Steph Sia um, and all the hats that she wears and somehow manages mm-hmm. to do really well. And then our other guest, Shy Spells, is phenomenal. Yeah. Also, she has uh, floral jellies, which is her jam company. Yeah, company. yeah. On Etsy, on she Etsy. sells jam. On Etsy, she's been a camera, a phone yes. sex operator, and she juggles a marriage and a vanilla job with all of that too. Yeah. So the the hats are worn all over, and it was really interesting 
to hear the different perspectives um, and topics that rose to the top of that discussion. Because mm-hmm. all that was all in the space of gig economy. There was different arenas that we got to speak to. And it was just mm-hmm. really, it's a great episode. I think everyone listening is going to, if you are an entrepreneur or a hustler, or you've got a side gig, like yeah. something here is going to benefit you. So just stay tuned and uh, put your listening ears on because you're going to be blown away. <laughs> you sound like a kindergarten teacher. Put, <laughs> put your, your ears on. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, um, hanging out with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, there you can't leave this episode without having something taken away. So yeah. um, without further ado, let's jump into it. This segment of today's episode is sponsored by sex.com, one of the absolute best content creator platforms out there. It looks better than any other, has a higher level of security than any other, and boasts over 3 million unique visitors a day scrolling through viral looped adult short form videos. Sex.com is like, well, (laughs) sex itself. A lot of people do it. Some just do it much, much better than the others sex.com if you're gonna do it do it right Steph Sia is a stripper, content creator, and pole dance instructor based in Vancouver, Canada. She is the host of the Sex Work podcast, Stripped by Sia, that shares the stories of the lived experiences of sex workers with the aim to destigmatize the sex industry. She also enjoys a good bowl of noodles. Welcome, Steph Sia, to the podcast. Thanks for joining us in an official episode <laughs> this time. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Can you tell our audience a little bit about you? Absolutely. Well, I am Steph Sia. That is my name. I'm also a dancer on stage. Um, I also go with it by the name Kimchi, which is my stage name, which is super fun. I'm also a digital content creator. I'm a YouTuber. I also work in some kind of vanilla work as well. So I'm also a marketing consultant and learning currently to be an executive director of a nonprofit organization, which is like kind of exciting. Um, I write and I'm I'm also a pole dance instructor, and I think that's it for now. Noodles podcast, um, yeah, yeah podcast. noodles, yeah. Oh, sorry, yes. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I run a, a YouTube channel on noodles, um, which is like completely PG and not like nude nudes. But I also do that too with my OnlyFans, and I also have a podcast called Strip by Sia, which I do every single week for the past two and a half years. So, like, <laughs> you're busy. What? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You just <laughs> you're the world. You're like the Elon Musk of sex work and mainstream. Like you do all things. Like how does that work out? Like how, how do you do that? Yeah, I mean it's a lot. Oh yeah, I forgot. I also work really part time at a hotel as well. So okay, yeah. right. Of course, but, you do. Um, <laughs> I know it's a lot. It's like scary. People get really overwhelmed for me, and they're like, "Are you okay?" Um, (laughs) I was just in Vancouver recently and we had lunch and like, I don't know how you fit lunch into that schedule. (laughs) That was lovely. So thanks for lunch. (laughs) That was the best like two hours ever. (laughs) Um, for me, it really comes down to time management and just prioritization. So that is super, super key because some things are kind of consistent. Like, um, my work at the hotel is kind of consistent so I can kind of build it upon that. I have specific specific days and times that I like to record my podcast, as well as certain times and hours, which I work with my clients with my marketing business. And then also when I'm editing my YouTube channel or I'm editing stuff for my podcast. Um, 
So I kind of like switch and like kind of slot things in into specific mm-hmm. time blocks and like just depends on like the day. Like, oh, if, if it's like a Friday or Saturday, okay, I got to get that podcast episode done. Mm-hmm. Or like if it's uh, like I do my my YouTube videos on Mondays, usually um, also Saturdays, sometimes Wednesdays and Fridays, depending on the content. So it just really, really depends. But um, there is a, a method to the madness, if I may say. Mm. Is there like a problem? Because like for me, like I built this is going to it's a total nerd moment. Okay. But I went into like mindmap.com, mindmeister, whatever it's called. And I did like a mind map of like my perfect business structure for my content and my media. Like when I take this video, then the next person takes it, turns it into gifts, clips, whatever, pulls the audio, makes a quote, makes that a graphic for social media, like what my dream media team would look like mm. and like what that process would be. Do you have any processes in place for things like that? Because you, with so much going on, it seems like there needs to be a, a system, you know? Mm, I wish I had something like that because that sounds so cool. Um, I, I agree. <laughs> it doesn't exist, but here. <laughs> that would be amazing because I need that. Um, I would really say, like, I kind of look at it like at a month's glance because okay. I can kind of see, like, for instance, we're we're hopping and at the time of recording, we are hopping into May, um, which is pretty soon. And I already kind of know that May is going to be absolutely bonkers. I'm booked for three weeks out of like the four weeks in May that like in terms of like the club, it might work at the club. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like trying to dedicate, okay, I'm going to need like more sleep on those days. I need to get like work started earlier or I have to really, really bang it out. Um, there is a process to all of it. And I really try to stay focused between the hours of, gosh, well, I wake up at 5.30 until for sure, like computer work. Um, I would say I'm active till to anywhere between 1 p.m. and anywhere between 5 and 9 p.m., just depending on the amount of workload or if I'm like having a video come out or whatnot or I need to post something on my Patreon. It just really, really depends on like that. But once I can kind of map it out by month and I can see in my calendar and my calendar fills up really, really quickly. So those time slots kind of go fast and I really rely on my Google calendar. Yeah, yeah, it's like... I was doing without it for so long until last year, which I like literally couldn't keep track of everything in my head anymore. So Mm -hmm. that really helps. And also not only looking at things at a glance on a monthly basis, but also on a weekly basis and even a daily basis. So I like to have like daily checklists of things I really need to get done today. And then I would have and set deadlines for specific projects or specific clients. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I kind of divvy it up as much as I can. It still sounds crazy to me. So it yeah. sounds crazy to all of us. Actually. <laughs> no, you're so, I find you very inspiring. There's not a lot of people I find inspiring in terms of work, work ethic. Like, cause I consider myself like a hardcore hustler, but you are one I do think about often. Cause I'm like, when I'm feeling lazy or like I'm sucked down the Netflix rabbit hole, I'm like, Steph C is working. <laughs> Like it occurs to me, like I'm being outworked by someone and I'm like, okay, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta do that. Um, I want to ask too, just on a personal note, cause I experienced this really, uh, Jesse knows I had like a hardcore mental breakdown recently of burnout. Um, mm-hmm. How do you deal with burnout? 
Yeah, burnout is such a real thing. And luckily, it hasn't happened too much. I think it's definitely happened possibly one time this year. And that was about a month ago when I was kind of gearing up for my first like convention and like networking event. And like I was going on vacation. I had a bunch of stuff that I had to finish. Um, But I am doing a much better job now dealing with burnout and and knowing when I need to actually take a step back. And Mm -hmm. I know when I'm starting to burn out, when I am feeling exhausted all the time, like physically Mm -hmm. and mentally, like I don't want to think about anything anymore. I don't want to do anything. I start uh, going into a depressive state. So Mm -hmm. some of the signs for me is that I really, nothing really gives me joy during that time. It's just like I'm zombieing along yeah, or like mm-hmm. I am feeling miserable in terms of like I need to do this, I need to do that, but there's just not enough time in the day. But when that starts to happen, then I'm like, okay, I need to actually get some time to like sit down and mm-hmm. relax, not in front of my laptop. But I need to like yeah. sit on the couch and like veg. Yeah. <laughs> veg that's for true. a bit. That's so a, that's a good point to like really know and have that self-awareness of like, okay, these feelings and these, these are signs that I'm getting close to yeah. a, a breaking point. Cause I think I was pretty unaware of that. Sometimes I need a Netflix uh, yeah, rabbit same. hole to fall into because <laughs> like I, which means like not look, not te- checking Twitter simultaneously yeah. and stuff like just yes. Chilling. Um, there's a difference when you're like, cause I'll do that like a nightly mm-hmm. basis, like laptop in front of Netflix and I'm like still yeah. actively working and yeah. editing or doing graphics or whatever. But there's a very big difference. Where, and it's usually after I travel where I'm yeah. like, I'm oh, down yeah. for a day. Don't bother me. Don't come over. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I don't exist. I'm here. Yeah. 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 I, I think travel is like, yeah. Cause I was thinking about, cause I, I travel for work, but then like, and conventions and things like that. And, when I come back, I'm like spent. Yeah. Do you yeah. like take some time out after doing big events like that? Yeah, I kind of have to. Like I kind of need a, that vacation from a vacation because I usually yeah. I'm always quite busy. I'm always on the road doing something even when I'm away, whether yeah. it's work related or whether it's like me traveling. Like, And those travel trips are always like well documented, well planned out too. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I usually find that like, oh my gosh, I need about a week to kind of recuperate and like get my foundation back in place and also just like get back to like quote unquote normal. Yeah. I found like because I was so t- tired and burned out from my last trip in April, like this month, I, I felt like that took me about two weeks to get back into where mm-hmm. I needed to be. So I'm so um, glad that you're saying that because I feel so guilty when I'm like, I'm off my game for a week and I'm like, no, but like I can't function right now. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And I find like the work is sloppier when you can't fully function or you're not really in the headspace. Or like, for example, when my house gets too messy and too disorganized, I can't concentrate. Yeah. It's like, I just need to do this. Like, I just need to clean. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I feel like that too. I need to strip my beds and clean all the sheets. And every, if I'm feeling particularly overwhelmed, then suddenly the linen closet needs to be like reorganized. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I'm curious too. So you're juggling obviously as everyone listening now is very aware of so many things and so many hats and in kind of these gig a lot almost everything except your main gig or job is a uh, gig related or a gig kind of job a gig gig but with all of that going on like what things do you think translate that from like the sex work aspect of it uh, into non-sex work gig economy like are there skill sets that are completely the same is there anything that stands out that's different 
Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of overlap and similarities, but there's also mm-hmm. like big differences too, depending on like the work that you do in sex work. Personally, for me, there's a lot of overlap with like a lot of the admin stuff. So um, because I work in marketing, like I'm usually just crunching along, looking at spreadsheets a lot. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's doing a lot of this back end stuff, which kind of translates to me, similarly speaking, to my content creation work. Um, yeah. You know, like scheduling posts and like, you know, writing the captions, even like small things like that, even updating Instagram, which I'm horrible at. Like, I just hate that platform now, but just like trying to, (laughs) yeah, I'm just like, I'm not gonna, I only do stories now because I'm like the least amount of work, but there's a lot of overlap with that and like invoicing, I find uh, follow up is really, really important to me. And also, also um, prioritization, like I mentioned, but even just like prioritizing, okay, like I need to get this stuff done for mm-hmm. like this, like PPM I'm going to be sending out. Um, just a lot of like preparedness, I would yeah. find there's a lot, a lot of that kind of parallel. In terms of differences, um, obviously, because I'm a sex worker, I'm shooting a lot of content or like collaborating with a lot of people in different capacities. So whether that is like, shooting photos or like videos and Mm -hmm. editing those kind of clips like that to me is um different than most of the vanilla work that I do um like Mm -hmm. minus my YouTube because I am editing and actively editing stuff there yeah but yeah but I find that like when it comes to dancing in particular like that job is so physical Mm -hmm. um which would, of course, bear some kind of um, similarities with like my pole dancing instruction, like that my teaching gig, because that is very physically demanding. I am having to get in there with my students to physically spot them. When I'm mm-hmm. on stage, I am physically carrying my own body weight when I'm doing mm-hmm. crazy pole tricks on stage. And just like you literally get bruised up, like literally by the end of the week, I will have bruises on my knees from crawling on the floor, picking up money. So (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? And I mean, alongside, what's that? Sorry. You like that um, because I like to work like this and, but, and I know that a lot of other people who kind of like gravitate to this lifestyle do do you like that kind of a very physical job and then like a computer job and then like admin work and that like do you like the fact that you're not always doing the same thing and that there's different like rhythms to all your jobs yeah like everything is so different um and i love the variety that that happens because um as a person that gets really bored easily um and i don't know if i if I have like ADHD or that's like undiagnosed or something, but like I get bored really easily. So it's Mm -hmm. really nice for me to kind of stay focused and stay on top of multiple projects versus having to sit and focus and like concentrate on this one thing, because I I like to have, I like to have the opportunity to kind of switch things up every now and then Mm -hmm. and to divert my focus from something else. And then like go back and have a fresh mind and a fresh take on another project that I was maybe previously working on and say like the morning, or something. So um, I think that is um, vital to how I operate. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that this is a right like model for everyone because right. everyone kind of operates a bit differently, right? So, but yeah. I enjoy it for sure. What advice would you give to people who are maybe like new coming into sex work on like how to juggle all of this stuff or what would you tell younger people? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, try to look back and like take a step back and see like, okay, what is my main goal here? Are Mm -hmm. there any similarities in terms of like, what do I want to achieve? And I think for me, because I'm I'm a big goal setter, I think that really Mm -hmm. helps me stay focused and also helps me see like, you know, certain points amongst all the craziness. Mm-hmm. So I think if you have something in mind or have a couple different goals in mind um, or like one goal that's kind of broken down into multiple goals throughout the year, throughout the quarter, throughout days, weeks, whatever, mm-hmm. I think that will really help you stay focused and stay on track. Um, also, if you're, if you're, if you are managing or juggling a, like a few different clients or some kind of different work, it's good to set a timer sometimes. Like this doesn't ha- like work for everyone, but if you are trying to track time and see how much time you're spending on certain things, the stop and then start function on your iPhone is really great yeah. <laughs> for, mm-hmm. for seeing how much time you're spending on things. But um, that and also take breaks, allow yourself to take breaks and Um, I know I'm really guilty of not doing this, but like know when to like put and close the laptop or like, you know, shut off and like give yourself that time to yourself. Like, even though I'm really, really busy, I still will find myself vegging on the couch for like at least an hour at the very, very end of my day to help me kind of get into that sleep state. So Yeah, those are, I guess, my kind of helpful words of advice for anyone who's kind of starting out or like considering um, moving fully to like a gig economy or gig kind of um, work life. So, yeah, hopefully that's like helpful for some people. Yeah, absolutely. How do you deal with like the volatility? Yes. Like (laughs) one of the things that's nice about being in the gig economy is that like you don't have to work when you like don't want to and you can make your own schedule. But like the thing that's not so nice is that you don't get paid unless you're like doing something and you might not get paid at all even when you do do it. So like how do you how do you like emotionally manage that kind of ebb and flow? Yeah, because that is often seen as like risky, you know, and that's why like not a lot of people will get into this kind of work. And I'm not just talking about sex work per se, but also like Mm -hmm. acting or like if you're an artist and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. like there's just a lot more, there can be a lot more like waiting involved for money. So I feel like to kind of stay motivated, I always try to seek out multiple or other opportunities or kind of uh, assess the gigs that you have now and seeing if those are like if any of those are long term and kind of do the calculations to see is this enough to help me get by if so if I'm making this month per month like times whatever weeks in the year this is how much money I'm going to be making like is this going to be feasible for me and if it's not then you're going to have to find some other options because it is not always money every day and it right. is not always big paychecks all the time. You're not going to have all those big playing clients. I feel like a lot of people, outsiders looking in, think that we're just freaking loaded all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I would I was. yesterday tell people in my chat room I was a millionaire. I was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. No. And like, I mean, I just did my taxes here in Canada and like, oh my God, I freaking owe like 11K to the CRA. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to die a little bit. No one ever talks about this kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Work. yeah. yeah. Where can people find you and your work? All your projects. Oh, yeah. yeah. All of them. 
all the projects? Okay, let me list them out. So <laughs> first and foremost, <laughs> since we're on the on the horizon podcast, we can start off with my sex work work. So if you want to listen to my podcast, it's called Strip by Sia, and that's found on all podcast platforms. You can get at me at Strip by Sia on Twitter, on Instagram, and I also have a Patreon, dot, uh, Patreon which is patreon.com slash Strip by Sia. The show is all about destigmatizing sex work, and I bring different guests on every single week to kind of tackle and like uh, just be transparent about the work that we do and to educate. That's kind of like the point of it and just to humanize the work that we do. If you are interested in noodles of any form, primarily <laughs> primarily the instant variety or any kind of noodle dishes <laughs> or ramen hacks, <laughs> um, you can find my YouTube channel, which is called Sia Slurps on YouTube. So you can go ahead and subscribe and maybe comment because I love reading all that. It's fun and nerdy. I love doing that. <laughs> and what else do I do? Um, I did subscribe to the pod, by the way. Oh, yes. Perfect. I love it. Rate five stars on Spotify and like rate five stars on Apple if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I guess if you're in Vancouver, Canada, at any point, I tend to dance amongst a lot of the stages here for strip clubs. So come say hi, buy a dance for me. And if you're a pole dancing student, come take a class with me at Ava Fitness. And that's pretty much most of the things. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so awesome. And people should follow you on Twitter oh, because yeah. you put up such good pictures of food. And I yeah. love the food porn. And <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I think I got a couple of people to like follow you just for the food. You I was like, you need to go because she's eating things that look so good (laughs) they are good they're so good (laughs) all right well it was fun to chat with you thanks so much thanks absolutely thanks guys today's episode is sponsored by ePlay an adult live streaming platform creating an online ecosystem for creators to engage with their fans that's easy exciting and empowering at ePlay you earn 80 percent of revenue on everything from live streaming to private messages with your fans to your sub club membership fan site ePlay even allows you to earn money while you sleep with offline tips do what makes you excited take control of your business content voice and freedom as a creator consider joining ePlay today. Shai Spells joined the sex work community in 2017. Her expertise lies in phone and camera work, and she's met so many amazing people from this line of work, which has helped her grow and blossom. Although she may not be as active as she once was, she's grateful for everything she's learned. If she's not taking calls or chatting with her fans, she's in the kitchen whipping up some floral jellies. Welcome, Shy Spells. Welcome, <laughs> Welcome to On the Horizon. Hi, it's, uh, thank you for having me here. <laughs> yeah, you've been on Peep Show a couple of different times, and mm-hmm. so it's fun to have you on this show, too. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, so uh, my name is Shy. I've been uh, working in the uh, sex work industry since 2017. I mainly work with cam work and uh, photographs and uh, phone sex. Mm. Nice. What, Very nice. Uh, what has been the most fun for you? Um, honestly, the people I've met, um, other models and uh, writers and photographers and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I've met some really great friends and 
that was, you know, the best part for me. Yeah. We have a pretty great community on this side of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so supportive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. I, I, we just kind of talked about that in the last episode we were recording, but I, there was so much in my career where I was very removed from like getting involved in the community. I was just really treating it, log in, do my job, get off cam, don't interact. And I, if I could go back, man, I would do that differently because I missed out mm-hmm. on so much community mm-hmm. support that I would have had, you know? Yeah. That's been tough. Yeah. So um, we're having you on to talk about like the gig economy. And part Mm -hmm. of the reason that we wanted to do this episode is because, you know, there's now we're all, especially during COVID, there's been so much coverage of like the gig economy and how it's emerging. And for me, like as a sex worker, I'm like, we've always been doing yes like you know this is not nothing like new to us so the um you know most sex workers i know are doing this along other jobs they're doing you know sex work and driving a uber they're Mm -hmm. like have an etsy store and a cam site and a gaming platform like people are like stringing together a whole bunch of different jobs and i know that like that's been your experience too so do you want to talk a little bit about that um yeah uh so uh I had a vanilla job when I started uh, camming. And then, um, as you know, my spouse had joined the military. And so I moved. And where I was, the job market was absolutely awful. And I was mm-hmm. at a bunch of all these credentials and all these certificates and stuff. And I went to school and everything. And I couldn't find a job. And cam work really helped me uh, get the bills paid um, because mm-hmm. it was something that I could just do on my own. I didn't have to worry about um getting hired somewhere. I was my own boss. I made my own hours and it was, it was a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, um, what, what, how did you start? Where did you start? Um, a friend was like, uh, I was like, uh, she was, it was a friend I had and she was very, uh, what I thought she was very like vanilla and conservative. And she was like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, guess what I did. And I was like, what did you do? And she was like, I I did a cam show. And I said, you don't have to audition for those. And she was like, no, you just sign up for the site. And so she told me the site I logged on and I was, the first thing I typed in was BBW because Mm -hmm. I was like, do they, do they have fat girls on there? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was seeing like girls who look like me and I was like, Oh my, Oh my God. Like, could I do this? Could this be a Mm -hmm. thing? And at the time we were trying to move into our first apartment. So I was like, you know, let me give it a go. So I I got online and I was getting all these compliments and people were tipping me. And I was like, you know what? I think I actually like this. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did it change? Do you think that it changed your um, perception of yourself or your perception of beauty or of the industry? It definitely, um, it it definitely changed my perception of beauty because for a long time I seriously thought that like my characteristics were just ugly and that's just how that was and there was no way around that and that was just something I had to accept. Mm-hmm. Um, now I realize that that's how I, it made me look into why we view like why society views some things as beautiful and some things as not. And mm-hmm. I read into a lot of history and I read a lot of things and I realized how subjective it is and how of it, how a lot of it is um, just rooted in like things like racism and mm-hmm. um, or like fat phobia and things like that. And I realized that the issue wasn't me and yeah. uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. 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 It sounds like that's been a good experience for you then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. How have you like balanced this side of your work with your like vanilla work you do? Has that been something that's been difficult to negotiate over the years? Um, 
Uh, over the uh, years, right now, I've I started a new job, and then I um I recently uh took a class and stuff, so I haven't done much of uh sex work in the last few months. Mm-hmm. But uh, over time, it, it it was difficult to um balance because I am a very sleepy person. So I would put all my energy into, you know, my vanilla work or whatnot. And then I have to come back and get on camera or the phone. Mm-hmm. And when it's, you know, a lot of times the best hours are at night. And by that time, I just wanted to go to bed. So that was definitely mm-hmm. difficult. That yeah. was my experience too. Because people don't recognize a lot of the time how time, like, intensive and like energy mm-hmm. intensive live cam is because you have to be on and you have to be mm-hmm. um, upbeat and you have to be like kind of all of these things mm-hmm. that are like a step or a level above your natural state and it's, mm-hmm. it's very energy uh, intensive like I try to explain that because people even friends like I'm educating them because like well you just get on cam and you get naked I'm like no no I don't because <laughs> no. if you just did that no one stays and watches like you really gotta be entertaining and that's not yeah. easy to um, I, I'm curious cause, because it sounds like Cam was kind of your first gig economy, um, I guess, experience. But then I know that you've done other things as well. You do the jam and, and other stuff. Can you tell us about that? Um, yeah. So the jelly I was making, that honestly started as a um, just a I was bored and wanted to try a new recipe. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw and I was like, oh, I didn't know you can make jelly out of flour. So the first time I made it, I had no intention of selling it. And a friend was I was taking posting pictures and a friend said, uh, how much are you selling it for? And I was like, oh, I wasn't selling it. And <laughs> they were like, why not? And mm-hmm. I was like, well, no, one, no one would buy that. And um, so I started looking. Everyone, I had a friend help me and she like helped me make a. Cards and whatnot, and I mm-hmm. started an Etsy store, and um, I made like forty jars, and I sold out within like that first week. Wow. wow, that's so cool! That's really neat. Do you still have that going? Um, I still have the store up. I I haven't made um, I I made my actually I recently made a batch uh for my vanilla job, and they were all like, oh my god, this is so good. So I do one hundred percent plan to uh get back into it. It's just hard with the move and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. Selling back in, and um, we moved into a much smaller place than. I was originally in oh so there's less space to do gotcha. it yeah 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 <laughs> but um I definitely uh plan to get back into that what um skills I guess do you see kind of crossing over from kind of your experience in sex work and being in a gig economy already into these other ventures do you see any things that have translated for you well, I've always worked with people and I work with the public and sex work has 100% helped me with that yeah. because I used, I used to be incredibly sensitive to the things like people say to me and I realized that a lot of times um, it has nothing that helped me with my confidence because I realized it has nothing to do with me. If that person yeah. was upset or if they weren't uh, telling me what they needed, that wasn't on me and that was on them. So mm-hmm. now that I work with people and especially I work with a demographic of people who um, may have a hard time communicating what they need, mm-hmm. um, I've, I'm able to like kind of stay zen and calm and be like, okay, this person is here for help. They want something from me. And so now I can stay calm and be like, what can I do for you? Because I remember when I first, especially phone, the phone, oh my gosh, people would get on the phone and they're just like, 
you know, do the thing. And I'm like, yes. what thing? <laughs> like, what do you, what do you, like, what do you want? And right. they're, and they're kind of like, just expect you to know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that kind of like, well, you know, like, well, what are you into? Or, oh, what made you, what made you call me? So right. now when people come in and they're kind of, I need help. And it's like, okay, well, what do you need help with? (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny because I did phone, like primarily phone sex for many years. And I felt like I learned, those are the exact skills that I feel like I learned from that is like trying to get people to actually tell you what they want because they're coming, they want something so specific, but there's a lot of shame around sexuality. So they don't want to say it. And so it's like a specific request that's not articulated and you have yeah. to figure out like, how am I going to get you, you to do it to before s- the money runs out yeah. <laughs> to say like what it is that you want, what you want. And I don't know. It helped me like so much to like read people too, to like read between the lines of what they yes. were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to the point that like, after I was doing it for years, like as soon as somebody would call and they would say one thing, I'd be like, okay, I know where this is going because oh. like things also like, fall in tropes and stuff too but um but it does take some time to figure out how to do that and i do feel i agree with you it's totally transferable to other workplaces yeah Yeah. i just got into the phone sex space recently more actively because i was doing like the texting and more of that Mm -hmm. arena but like i've started taking calls to kind of dabble Mm -hmm. and see if i if i didn't give it enough of a chance i guess the first Mm -hmm. time and that's kind of where i'm at and they're calling i'm like okay i'm here like I don't know what's what you expect I don't have a script like so it's funny that you guys mentioned that because I'm literally experiencing that right now you just have to just push through it you know like I think um I think the best thing to do is like ask as many questions as you could possibly come up with like why did you call what attracted you to like my profile because then you can get like oh well I'm into redheads or I like you know like but if you ask like or or they'll say I was just you know they'll give you hints if it has nothing to do with that you know so then you can see like where are people and what do they want advice yeah for everyone listening this is a sex worker (laughs) this is yeah helpful yeah Um, did you find that there was any overlap in terms of like marketing because that's where I feel strongest that sex work has really helped me with other like launching other businesses like how to self-market navigate well so when I wanted to get into the jelly, the first thing I did, I posted it on my Twitter and so many other sex workers were like, yeah, I'd, I'd buy that. And honestly, they were my number one customers. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, actually I, um, I had a phone client, um, buy, uh, my jelly and they gave it to his mom and his mom loved it. And so then she bought my jelly. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute that's really yeah fun. i really i really like that one that made me feel special yeah yeah it's funny how it translates like that it's, yeah that's great yeah so like what um what do you think that the challenges are of like holding multiple gigs, ju- gigs at the same time um i'm glad you asked because i really wanted to bring up i feel a lot of times when people look at uh like gigs um they hear like the best of the best stories and i feel like it's also important to talk about the people who just have enough to pay a bill just have enough to pay Mm -hmm. rent or -hmm. sometimes you there's times where you don't make any money at all and that's a really big thing i noticed with sex work um is that you know when i first got in this i thought i was just going to show up and people were just going to throw wads Mm -hmm. of money at me and um, I, I learned that that's not the case. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It's just how gig yeah. economy works. You got to 
constantly right. figure out what works for you. And yeah. um, so, or sometimes gig economy isn't for everyone. And that's, that's totally fine too. I, I love, you know, I have a job now where I work a regular, like, you know, nine to five. And, you know, I, I like that I still have time to do other things, but I know that my primary income comes from my, the vanilla work and, yeah. and that's okay. But uh, I feel like one of the, the biggest things is staying consistent and, I know a lot of times people get into gig economy because they might have like mental um, health issues or or something that keeps them from constantly being on the go. So they're like, okay, I can take time because I don't have a boss who's going to fire me if I need a week to take off. Yeah. Um, So, but the big part, especially when you're starting off, you kind of have to push through. You have to push through those times where you don't feel like working because you're new, you're a new face. You got to get the attention. You got to, like, why should we buy from you? Because yeah. there's, when I, you know, looked up jelly on Etsy, there were a bunch of other jelly sellers who were selling at lower prices than mine or, yeah. you know, had better quality, had their own farms and things like that. So you got to figure out what are you going to do to bring people in that makes you special to stand out? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I'm so glad you, we're going into this direction with the conversation because I just, I have a friend who I adore, and I, I hope she listens to our podcast. Probably not, but maybe she will now. Um, but <laughs> now that she, you've shouted her out, yeah, secretly talking about her. Um, but she's just venturing into adult, and she um, is in a situation where she can't be open about what she's doing yet. Which a lot of listeners, yeah. I'm sure, are in that situation as well. Um, and she's really struggling with this balance because. Like I'm giving her advice as someone who's a veteran who's experienced and also is in a place where I don't have to worry about a mainstream job or a nine to five coming down on me. Um, And when I say things like, you know, you have to be consistent and really go hard on the first of the month in like a cam space or a sex Mm -hmm. phone sex space or sex panther um, because you get the advantage of added traffic and all these like strategies, you know, Um, but she had gotten she was doing really, really well. And then it fell off for her. Mm -hmm. And she messaged me about this. And she's like, this is really taking a toll on my mental health. Like, I feel like I'm getting an ulcer and she's going through. And I, it's so personal to me because I'm like, I remember I I get there. It still happens. It's still hard. Mm -hmm. And like, I I don't want to give her advice like that. Like it's still hard (laughs) 10 years later. Cause I'm sure that's not what she wants to hear, but this Mm -hmm. is really the ebb and flow of what a gig economy looks like. And it is not easy all the time. And there's days I'll log on to cam for eight hours, not anymore, eight hours. I'm shorter now, but I would spend eight hours on cam and make $3. And there's days I'd log on cam for an hour and make a thousand dollars. And you don't get to pick when they are. And I often yeah. find the days I give up or if I'm like, I, I thought about giving up and I stayed on an hour longer, I crush it in that last hour. And then the days I would have quit, I'm like, well, I could have been this hour after I quit and I would have been fine. And like, you just don't get that sense of yeah. peace of mind in this area. And mm-hmm. that's when you're trading the instability, you know, for, for the re- high risk, high reward factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. Like it's not easy and it's not all pretty. And like, and I feel guilty of that too. Cause I feel like on sex work CEO, I make things look, you just follow the formula. Like it could, it could turn out this way. Cause that was the formula I played by, but you have to be conscious too. Now like yeah. there's disabled mm-hmm. sex workers listening where being consistent isn't possible for them. And like mm-hmm. that advice won't apply to everyone. So it's, it's so enlightening to be cognizant of those things, but also on the flip side, like if you have the privilege of being in a position where you can get up and do the work, like you really got to fucking do the work. Cause yeah. it is, it, that's your only advantage is mm-hmm. that you can. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm glad you said that um, because that was a real, that was that would that would I used to get into really bad depressive episodes when I mm-hmm. wasn't making money and I would sit there and then so then I you know start internalizing that like well it's because you're fat and it's because you're it's because you're this ethnicity and it's because you're this and because you're that but then I would see other women who had those attributes um, other models who had those attributes and I'd be like okay so then well, what what's wrong with me and it's really yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with me it's just you gotta mm-hmm. stick with it. Yeah, I would I kind of do this every PJ makes fun of me because I'll have like the best month ever and then it'll be like the first and I won't have anything booked on my calendar Mm -hmm. and I'll be like this month or we're going to start and they'll be like you said this last month (laughs) and it was fine and I'll be like but I panic when there's like when I don't know what's coming next or um, I have a client take off or like you know something happens where I feel like my income streams are gonna like dry up like Mm -hmm. I'll start to panic and then and it might be bad for a couple weeks and then like it you know you get then I'll have an entire week full of appointments that like you know so I think that um two things I want to say about that and I'm curious what you think about this shy because I feel like that's pretty common that experience of being like Panic. I'm f- going to fail out of this yeah. because right now things are bad. And it's like when things are good, you're just you think it's a fluke. And when things are bad, you think it's like the pattern where like that doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, but and I also think that one of the things that we should be aware of on social media, and I think a lot of people, new people aren't aware of that, is that so much of like sex work Twitter is marketing and people aren't yeah. doing a lot of people aren't doing as well as it seems like they're yeah, doing. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering like how you dealt with that or what you thought about that. I'll be honest. I didn't deal with that. Well, um, that yeah. was really, that was really difficult for me. Um, especially mm-hmm. seeing like very con- conventionally attractive people, um, mm-hmm. talking about how they're just making like out the wazoo, just so much money. And, yeah. um, and, and, or the ones who, would like put other workers down like yeah. oh like you bitches are slacking i'm making money y'all yeah. that's why y'all poor and stuff because i'd be like well that's me and i'm not i'm not slacking i'm, I'm getting on every night and mm-hmm. um so but to know you saying that now to know that you know it's very it's all not everything that glitter is gold it's you know yeah. it's, it's part of the marketing strategy um you know that was something that you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, and then I learned to kind of be happy from like, hey, if you are making the money, good for you. Hopefully some of that, you know, good luck will come down to me. Um, <laughs> so mm-hmm. or I would go look on their page and see like, well, what what is this model doing that she's, you know, getting mm-hmm. so much, you know, more, you know, and I, I looked through and look you know, and, and, um, I would also like, uh, I would ask questions. Like if I saw someone who like, I saw someone like they had less followers than me and it seemed like in a month they had like double my followers. So I paid them and I, I joined their like only fans and I sent them a message and I said, Hey, can I tip you from, from advice? Um, how did you, yeah. you, you were behind what happened. And then a lot of them were more than happy to be like, Oh yeah. So this is, this is what I did. This is what I did. And hopefully yeah. this worked for you too. That's mm-hmm. amazing. You know, and that's, that's very, 
evolutionary of our space because in the beginning when I was especially in cam that was not the experience like if I reached out to help or because I was really big on like watching other cam girls and like watching their social and replicating what seemed to be working because I that's how you learn like mm-hmm. if that's what how you do it I guess that's how you do it yeah, like, other uh, jobs you're trained how exactly. to do the job so like that's on the job training <laughs> exactly yeah so like I, but in the beginning like it was much more gatekeeping I felt than it is now like if you're especially when you can go and tip for someone's time like hey I respect your time here's you know 50 Mm -hmm. bucks could you just point me in the right direction like how did you grow this or how are you know Mm -hmm. um but it's so nice to hear that that was an experience because it didn't used to feel like that you know it when I first got in yeah it definitely did not feel like that um I I um I kind of lucked out because I found out that a I just happened to join I just happened to know someone and join a group and found another model that lived in my city and we had lunch together and then from there like I met some other people through them and I was like oh okay like that that you know and uh and that helped me a lot but yeah when I first joined like it was very like, oh, you're new, you'll you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I got too. Like, even asking, like, well, what kind of webcam do you use? Like, cause your extreme looks amazing. Like, you'll figure it out. You need I no one helped me. And I was like, Well, so can't you help me? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Um, but yeah. yeah, it's gotten a lot better for yeah. sure. Where can people find you in your work? Yes. Uh, well, uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. <laughs> shy spells. Um, uh, that's where I, I mostly communicate now. Um, uh, yeah, that's my or uh, the Jelly Babe for Etsy. Um, that's that's so where cute. my store is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I still have my Twitter up. I my my inbox is open for questions or anything. I uh, I um. I'm always there. I, yeah. I don't think I'll ever leave the Twitter, <laughs> even with you know who buying it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, somebody asked me that the other day. They're like, "Are you leaving?" I'm like, "They're gonna have to kick me off yeah, this yeah, platform. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not walking we don't off." Leave I've, I've made leave. way too many good connections through yeah. Twitter yeah. to you know to let him run me off yeah well thank you so much it was really fun to talk to you absolutely thank you for having me here this has been lovely experience as always this episode of on the horizon is sponsored by dmca force dmca force is the authorized dmc agent for the largest online creators and the platforms that they monetize dmca force protects models musicians writers videographers artists and tons of other creatives publishing their works online with dmca force you get 24 7 automated monitoring flagging and removal of stolen and pirated content they use metadata and keywords relating to your work in collaboration with search engines to remove even the 10 to 15% of content on ghost sites that can't typically be scrubbed from the internet. They even offer the ability to fingerprint content and digitally watermark it as an added layer of security to protect the art you work so hard creating. Join DMCA Force today. Thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Jesse Sage, and you can find me on Twitter at sapiotextual and at jessiesage.com. And I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me at Melrose Michaels on social and melrosemichaels.com. Just a reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast on Apple, please leave us a five-star rating and review because it really helps us to grow as a podcast and better share information from our guests to the sex work community as a whole. 
Last but not least, if you want to support the podcast, please go to anchor.fm forward slash horizon, spelled W-H-O-R-I-Z-O-N, to become a premium subscriber of On the Horizon, which unlocks two bonus episodes on the 8th and 22nd of each month with tons of extra exclusive footage from ourselves and our guests. Thank you.